everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Good, and joining me this week is an incredibly special guest, my friend, Jalen, aka Galactic Grizzly. Jalen, how you doing? I am good, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on the show. Hope things have been, well, actually, I know things have been great on your end, because we were just talking two seconds ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> this is my second time on the show. This time, audio is a lot better. I'm not in the middle of a uh, daycare. This time I am at home, so the audio is good. I thought you were at some sort of cafe. You were at a daycare? That's amazing. It was that quiet. No. Like- <laughs> it was a, a, a cafe. It just sounded like a, a daycare with pretty much everything on earth going on in, gotcha. in one space so <laughs> You're like why are they turning on that espresso machine again uh you bring up a good point though i would love to start doing this where like i just like i have a guest on and i immediately launch into the podcast and they like we have no preamble beforehand i'm like how are you doing and they're like i'm good are we recording and be like yeah we are like they're just like kind of like why did you do this like i wasn't ready um you know but i i love that because cool. they have to just do that like that. yeah you have to do that kind of like oh yeah how are you doing type of thing and it's like you know you and i've already spoken but for the the listeners now they both know that we're doing good and i'm just like we've worked together in the past for people who don't know um we mm-hmm. did a video about epcot which i'm very proud of uh and jalen also over on galactic grizzly on that's the youtube channel that he runs uh he does a bunch of different interesting videos kind of talking i think your best known series amongst all the other stuff you have on there is kind of like the where are they now or what happened to i should say and uh, you talk about like, you know, somebody from the Disney Channel from a long time ago and like what they've been doing for the past 15 or 10 years. Like, and you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't thought about that person for a long time. And it's really fascinating. So that stuff must take a while to research, I would imagine. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is without a doubt the most uh, time consuming part of, of those videos, which is why uh, I haven't uploaded in a little while. Like, it's just. I'm I'm trying to make them better and better. And again, like most of it is on the, the research side. So I'm I'm doing one right now, which is I'm still in the research stage of, of the actual video. But um, yeah, like I do just, I guess you could say like has-beens, people that you just haven't thought of in, in a long time, whether they're uh, just some kind of a celebrity. It doesn't just have to be actor, but they could be uh, a musician. Um, we did Epcot, which is the first time we did a, a place. Um, but yeah, just stuff that you haven't thought of in a while and bring it up to see where they were then, kind of where they went, I guess you would say south or sometimes not south. It's just kind of out of the public eye mm-hmm. and then you know what they're doing now. So yeah, right now I'm, I'm doing an artist. I won't say who, but hopefully I can finish it uh, sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I know what I like about it, too, is you did one, I think it was like on Lord or something. And yeah. uh, you said something really cool. And this I feel like it pertains more so to like musicians, but people like if you don't make music for a little while, people are like, what happened? Are they like gone forever, whatever? And you're like, actually, no, she's doing just fine. And like, she's coming back. And if you do well enough, especially with like music, I feel like there's a little more of like a grace period or you can kind of like you can go away and then you can come back with like a new album and then you can tour. Whereas like with actors or um like tv stars and things like that it's like that what's your next thing what's your next thing what's your next thing both musicians sometimes it's like yeah i'm taking a little bit of a break and i'll be back when i want to and i've i've won tons of awards and i'll see you next time and it's just like oh it's kind of cool so uh yeah it's really fascinating and it's on people that i've either like remember kind of or people i've never heard of before and then i'm like oh this is really interesting so 
recommend you go check it out. I probably have it linked up here and linked down there. And, and if you're listening to this, remember, it's Galactic Grizzly on YouTube. Um, just uh, tell them that Jimmy sent you. So that way you can go listen to some cool stuff. And there's, you have a, like a, a few, a lot of videos on there, wouldn't you say? How long have you been doing it? Uh, the channel or the, the series? Both. The channel, uh, five or six years. Mm-hmm. I hear you, man. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We <laughs> we were both veterans on this old platform. <laughs> um, the, the series, uh, maybe like, I want to say a little over a year. I, I had done like, I tested the, the idea out with just two videos. I did Frankie Muniz and yeah. um, Kara Knightley. And I did that a few years ago. And I just kind of like set it and forget it. And then like a, maybe a year or two later, I was like, oh, he's actually got some traction at the time. I should follow up with this. And so I did it again, like 2019. Yeah, like summer 2019, I, I started a backup. So yeah, about a little over a year now. That's so cool. It's funny they bring up Kira Knightley because I think of her in like the last Pirates movie. Spoiler alert. She's in it. Does not say one word. And I'm just so curious how much she got paid for. Or if they were just like, do you want to do it for like a favor? Like come back for one day and like hug somebody and then be done. Like kind of thing. Or they kind of shoot like two scenes with her. I was like, this is like good for her. Because I just imagined her agents like, yeah, pirates, they want you back. She's like, for how much? And they're like, to like run up a hill and sleep in a bed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I just, oh man, it's so good. So anyway, check that stuff out. But we're not here to talk about Kira Knightley today. We'll save that for another time. Oh my gosh, Pirates of the Caribbean podcast. That sounds great. Anyway, um, we're here to talk today about a little film that came out a year ago. I think I've even done like a little bit of a show or talked about it in the past, but we're going to go a little more in depth today on the film Joker. Now, if you haven't seen it, this is full spoiler territory so just keep that in mind uh we're going to talk about pretty much all of it and kind of dive deep into it so if you're like i haven't seen it yet you should give it a shot i would say it's a pretty good film but i would also say that it is not a typical comic book movie it's also not for um all ages uh i would say don't bring your kids this isn't like a nice like oh batman will come and save the day it's not no not that um even though i am wearing a batman shirt uh but yeah so just keep that in mind this is a r-rated film it's not, you know what I would say, like, it has moments where it is, you know, it, it earns that. Um, but at the same time, it's not as, like, a hard, hard R comparatively to some of the other stuff, as far as, like, superhero stuff goes, wouldn't you say? Yeah, the the R moments are very R. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, maybe 90%, 80% of the rest of the movie is not, you know, it's it's just a not an R-rated movie in that sense, but the the harsh moments are really, really harsh. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, so, yeah, and just brace yourself for that. Uh, but again, <laughs> it is an unsettling film. It's not one of those, like, kick back, relax, and you're like, ah, it's not like an MCU film where you're just like, Ant-Man, that was fun. It's like, you're like, oh my gosh, society. <laughs> like, ah, ah. Um, yes. But anyway, this film, I don't know exactly when it's set. I think it's like 1980s, like early 1980s or something like that. Yeah, uh, that. It seems like that. And it's set in the fictional city of Gotham, which is basically New York City, uh, more or less uh, back then. And this is a very, um, it's very focused view on this one individual, Arthur Fleck, played by the one Joaquin Phoenix, uh, as he kind of goes throughout his days as a, a clown for hire, uh, kind of doing odd jobs here and there and battling mental illness, taking care of his mom, and kind of dealing with the the unfortunate stuff 
in the world, as it were. And I was trying to remember how this movie opened up because I've been trying to read more screenplays because I'm trying to learn about acting and, you know, screenplay writing. And it actually opens up different in the screenplay, I believe, than how it does in the film. Uh, but either way, I think it's it's really gripping. Uh, I don't know how you feel about the first few moments because it's just like, oh, this is the movie it's going to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it was really that was that's a good way of putting it. Like the opening scene definitely shows like what the rest of the movie is more or less going to portray of you know, him getting his sign stolen from him by a group of kids and then chasing him down in his clown suit and and then just getting beaten for it. Um, but yeah, that was just like, a, right off the bat, just makes you just feel for the guy. Like, damn, like, dude's, dude already has a pretty not great job. And then he has to deal with this on top of that. And it's like, okay, I, I can kind of see like where this is, going in, in this direction oh for sure and i think you bring up a really good point there because throughout this he does some pretty horrible stuff which we'll get to but he starts off and kind of continuously you feel for him which i think is the hardest thing to do for uh i guess he's kind of a villain even though he's the protagonist of the film it's kind of like the thanos style in, in infinity war where you're like he's doing horrible things and that's not good, but I understand why he's doing horrible things. And like, this is like showing why he gets to the point he does. It's not like he just one day snaps and he's like, ah, the world's horrible. And I'm just going to start killing people. It's like, you see the world just kind of keep beating him down. And there are like brief moments, like glimpses where you're like, Oh, it could be better, but then it's not (laughs) like, Oh, poor guy. Like he's just trying to catch any break he can get, but yeah, the beginning with, the, like, the sign being broken, and then it's, like, the big, just yellow letters, Joker, and it's just, like, oh, gosh, like, <laughs> he's not gonna be, it's not gonna be pleasant, um, and then kind of uh, having to, like, go home, and that's where I start, I I feel like that's where the, the movie really settles into the atmosphere of the world, because you start to see him kind of walking home to his apartment through Gotham. There's garbage everywhere. Uh, and it's just kind of showing him on the sidewalks and you can just like hear all these different kind of like fights happening. Uh, it's, it really sets the tone and all the, like the older cars and stuff. It feels very like it's in the period, which I love a period piece. Uh, and I think they nail that portion of it really well. I don't know what, what do you think about that? Do you feel like it kind of, um, it harkens back to a time and nails that kind of aesthetic? Yeah, for sure. Like after that first few minutes, I was like, <clears throat> there was no doubt that it was took place in early 80s, late 70s. And I, from every aspect, they they nailed that. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you said um, like him coming home in that f- first scene, like how that makes you like settled into his his role and like makes you really understand him. There's something like i don't know maybe it's just a subliminal thing of watching him physically go home like it i don't know makes you understand the character more mm-hmm. when you can see what their home setting is and like what they have to do to get there what it looks like what the inside looks like the, their neighbors like all of that really in the way they portray it really just like you can level with him immediately so it's like within the first five minutes you're like okay i've, I've got a pretty I'm here with you, Arthur. Like, I, I got you. Like, yeah, I see what you're, sure. you're going through. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, like, it's funny because, like, 
talking about this, I remember like sitting jail and like in the movie theater when that portion was happening, where they're kind of doing that shot of him walking on the sidewalk. And I was like, whoa, here we are. I'm like, I'm finally watching this thing. But right before that, they show this shot and they keep coming back to this shot, but it's of these stairs, these stairs, these super long, um, unfortunate kind of part of his going home. I don't know if he always, he has to climb it apparently. And there's this kind of um, visual style or, or sort of visual interpretation of his mood. It seems like, in the film when he has to go do things with stairs and we'll probably uh, kind of jump back to it. But in this first shot we see of these things, it's dark, it's brooding. You look at, there's like just, it's like stone stairs outside, just kind of almost straight up. And it's just like flights and flights and flights and flights of stairs. It almost seems endless. And you're like, he gets there and he's kind of walking and you can tell he's done this a bunch of times. And he's just like, just got to climb the stair. And you're just like, Oh my God. (laughs) It's just, it's like, everything is so, oppressive in that moment and then kind of getting home and then dealing with his mom um which i think one of the more interesting kind of uh, story beats in this film is her and her relationship or lack thereof of um with another major player in gotham but like uh, arthur's relationship with her and like he's really taking care of her she's not you know she's physically not well that we know of so far and he kind of just like holds her hand they watch tv together and that's kind of his life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. What do you think of his mom? His mom's such a, like a weird, interesting character, I think. Yeah. His mom, I don't know. If she, I don't think she ever says her age. Um, but I mean, regardless, she's obviously older. Yeah. And um, yeah, she plays a very just strange role. I think the whole movie, we don't see her outside of, the house besides like when she's you know hospital ridden but mm-hmm. um I, i'm pretty sure the entire movie you only know her inside of those four walls so <clears throat> that kind of just summed it all up like the fact that he comes home to his mom that's like where his mom remains yeah. and that's as far as that that goes like <clears throat> she's just really somebody that he has to go back to tend to like i feel like if she wasn't in the picture i don't know like maybe he would be a completely different character and this wouldn't even have much of a a storyline but um yeah it's like his mom is almost like the the human symbol of that home setting of like the real dumpster apartment and like this real like projects apartment complex like nobody wants to be living there and it's like the only reason he has to be there is because he has to go back to take care of his mom so it's like yeah yeah and i think uh it's such a cool way to introduce her character because she they're sitting there and like uh, this um uh, as a franklin murray a robert de niro's character he's a tv show like an old school kind of talk show and you know they watch it it sounds like every night it seems like him he has um this kind of this uh this fantasy sequence which i'm sure many of us have had about certain kind of like oh if you could be on that talk show or if you could be in that movie or, or whatever else um but he kind of explains in that fantasy sequence uh, to Murray because he kind of stands out from the crowd and they kind of they put the light on him and stuff. And he, he's like, you know, I, I, I live with my mom. And, uh, and you know, Murray defends him because that's what he would want Murray to do. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, le- I live with my mom until I made my big break. And he's like, you know, I take care of my mother and stuff like that. And it gives you the information you need. Like he's saying it, but also it's he does it in a way that like if he were put in that position in his dream scenario he would do that and then you know he would get people to kind of rally around him 
And uh, obviously, Murray being this father figure for him and kind of really influencing uh, what he wants to do, kind of being entertainer, and then also kind of his little dance moves and stuff and taking it to the next level uh, with kind of warping it as well, because that's Murray does a little dance when he comes out. Um, I just think that's so interesting. And then they kind of cut back to him just sitting in the in the apartment with his mom, and he's just kind of like, ah, you know. Um, and I forget if it's right after this, Jalen, correct me if I'm wrong, is it right after this or is it before this where he's talking with his social worker? I think it was before this. I could be wrong. I I really don't remember. I think it's before. Okay. But um I'm not sure. The <clears throat> those talks kind of like the timeline of those always get me off because yeah. they just jump in and out. So it's I'm not completely sure. But yeah, the scenes with him talking to the social worker, it's <clears throat> it was like it took me watching it a second time to kind of realize like she I, I guess she's not actually like a therapist or a counselor she's like yeah. she's just a social worker yeah. which is like <laughs> it's just weird to think of it now i don't i don't know if that still happens now um uh, i mean maybe i guess maybe it just depends on the area that you live in but um i don't know i find it kind of hard to believe that now like somebody with as much of a mental problem as he has just pouring everything out to his social worker and his social worker, like having to work his file as if she is his therapist. And she's like, clearly not, not in the position to be doing that. And it's just like, damn, like if that's, it just makes you level with him even more. Like that's his only option is that he doesn't have a, a therapist or a counselor. Like that's, that's it. Like that's the closest thing he has is just a social worker for him to to talk to and she does try to help him like they go through his journal but um clearly she's just like does not quite understand and it, it really is not too much of a help for him yeah and it's interesting because um going through some of the screenplay for this portion they wrote her as really impatient where she like and they say in there she's she's heard this a thousand times before she's she always looks at the clock because she has to go to her next meeting this more seems like she is just kind of done and she's just kind of she's like you know like i'm kind of half listening to you all the time and yep oh this looks pretty scary you know like it, it's it's a little different than being like arthur i'm sorry i got i i'm i wish i could help but i gotta go she just seems like way more just like kind <laughs> of checked out which uh we do circle back to her later on and we'll get to that because that's a big turning point in the film but uh, I think she that's such an interesting kind of situation and that's the first time we hear him really do the laugh uh, which it sounds like he's trying to stifle a sneeze and it's kind of painful you know like he does it and he has this kind of um, you know it's this it's almost like a nervous tick that he has and I thought that was such a cool and interesting way to inject that kind of aspect of the character into the film with it being a little more natural than him just kind of thinking everything's funny all the time. I don't know. How do you feel about the laugh and the laughter? The laugh, as soon as I heard it, it made sense to me. Um, it definitely is like a nervous tick type thing. Um, but yeah, it does. It It's so clear that he doesn't want to be laughing. It's so clear that it, it's almost hurting him to be laughing it's almost like a, a smoker's cough like yeah. except it's just turned into a laugh like uh, you just clearly that's that's what it was like immediately when i heard that laugh i was like damn that 
that would suck to have a nervous tick. Like I'll take clicking a pen or tapping my finger over breaking out into uncontrollable laughter. Yeah, and even when he's like trying to like even entertain a child and like a lady's angry at him, he has to kind of give the card to people and be like, Yeah, I'm sorry, I have a medical condition. Please return this card. You know, I'm I apologize for this. And that lady's just like, just stay away from my kid. And it's like he's trying to do anything to get anybody to smile or laugh and it's not and he's like he tried to he tries to like cover up the laugh and like shake his head people like you think that's funny and he's just like no but he just keeps laughing and it just it's almost like he's vomiting you know he's just like i can't even i can't control it at all um and it's so different though because apparently i looked this up too he's got like a few different types of laughs because uh one of the next scenes we get is like he gets called in by his boss to talk about the sign because the sign is gone the sign's been broken and the, the music shop owner was like you stole it but as he's walking and leaving his friends he does this kind of laugh and he's just like ha 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 and then he just cuts it and he's just kind of like it's just gone and it, that one is like a i'm laughing because that was kind of funny but this is i control this laugh and i can go right back to kind of sinister arthur and it's like you know i don't know if you remember what i'm talking about but that like it freaks me out because he's just like ha, ha, ha. like and then he's just kind of walking <laughs> down the hallway and you're like oh gosh like <laughs> you're like oh like, that one that one is really funny on top of because it's been turned in. I've seen that in so many memes. Like right after the movie, that was used in a lot of memes, and it was <laughs> just too funny. <laughs> but yeah, like to me, like when he would do that, because he does it a couple of times, like it made me actually laugh. Because <laughs> I just find that to be really funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I forgot to mention this too. When he's talking to the social worker, apparently he had like an incident beforehand where he ended up in the hospital that we never get full clarity on what happened. Do you remember, like, in the beginning, they're talking, she's like, do you, like, you know, I think she says something about that, like, your last episode, and I was like, wait, what do you mean, your last episode? Like, what, I want to know what happened, you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember. Yeah, they they kind of do another call to it at the very, very end, like, right before they roll the credits, um, when he was talking to whoever that was, like, the, the doctor or therapist. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, they don't actually clarify why you or how that happened but um at, at maybe that was just to, at, the, at the beginning at least maybe that was just to throw in like definitively like he does actually have a mental illness um but i don't know they don't they don't really explain it yeah and that ending could almost be that episode in a way depending on how bad it got because i would imagine that if it was as bad as it kind of maybe insinuates he wouldn't be like a free man afterwards so probably not that right um but I'm not sure. Uh, it was just, just something I thought would be interesting to bring up. But anyway, so he gets into this kind of weird situation where one of his other clown buddies gives him like a snub nose 38, um, which you just, you know, you're going to hand out to people um, in a bag. And you're just like, yeah, protect yourself, buddy. Uh, which I was like, really? That's 1979, baby. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's the one guy that like the, even the boss says one time he's like, I like you. You kind of freak the other guys out, but I like you. And like, of course, this one guy just kind of gives it to him. It's fine. I guess he like he probably wouldn't have sought it out himself, but it's more interesting, I guess, to kind of you're like give him this kind of quote unquote power and be like, all right, off in the world you go. Um, but one of my scenes that I, I really think is like unintentionally really funny, but later on that does pop up is that he starts bringing that gun around with him and it provides like some little moments of like brevity where it's like he's sitting in his apartment and he's like, he's like telling a joke and he's like, do you want to know who's not funny? You. And he like shoots the wall and he's like, oh my gosh. And like his mom's screaming. He's like, I'm watching an old war movie. And there's like a bullet hole in the wall. And I looked at it and later on, you could still see it there, but it's like, she wouldn't notice 
he's not going to tell her. You know what I mean? Like a gunshot went off in that apartment, but that probably isn't completely like that's like par for the course. I feel like with this apartment complex, right? You know what I mean? Like it's not a safe place to be. Yeah, that scene is too funny. Like the him shooting it was funny on its own, but his response afterwards like just cracks me up. He was yelling like, "I'm watching an old war movie." <laughs> <laughs> like i just imagine somebody like yeah that's what you would say to like your parent and they, yeah. they wouldn't come out and check up on you because like <laughs> the fact that she just stays in the room and he just turns to tv and flatter is just like the funniest it fully explains even further like their relationship of she really just doesn't seem to care but <laughs> oh for sure yeah and then there's like and it's like okay he's learned his lesson he'll probably just keep it like in a safe or a cupboard or something, you know, somewhere safe, I should say. And then it's like, he's dancing around, like, a children's hospital, and they're all, like, presumably, like, like serious illnesses, and he's kind of dancing around, dancing around, and it falls, like, out of his pants or something, or of his jacket, and, like, they, all the kids are, like, and you can tell, like, the nurse in the back is like, oh my gosh, and he kind of picks it up really quick, and there's, like, a little kid who's laughing, and he's kind of laughing, he's like, shh, don't tell anyone, like, that's gonna make it go away. Just, like, don't, nobody saw this. Nobody saw this. It's just a prop. Like how, like even back then it wouldn't make sense. But nowadays it'd be like, would you even say that was like your defense? You're like, it's part of my act. Like, and nobody asks them like, what part of your act are you using a gun, a fake gun in it? Um, But uh, I love that. I love that. It, that's his defense. And he holds on to it for a while. Like he even tells the cops at one point, he's like, it's part of my act. And you're like, you're like, really? Okay. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. What do you think of the hospital scene? <laughs> The hospital scene was just one that that's just a face palm. Like, oh <laughs> man, why did you bring that to this hospital? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. I didn't even think about that. The fact that he hold from the moment he got the gun, he holds on to it for the basically the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, which is just like, I mean, again, it just something that reiterates. Like, he clearly has something seriously mentally wrong with him. Because, like, nobody in their right mind, well, most people in their right yeah. mind would not think to, to you know, go about the way that he went about doing that. So, yeah, that was just facepalm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is funny because it leads into something that, uh, like, I don't remember if I saw this or if I remember seeing this in the theaters. But in the very beginning, Franklin Murray says something about in the, in the newspaper, too. There's, like, giant rats in Gotham. And I just, I really wanted them to say giant bats in Gotham. I know they're not going to do that, but like the Batman person was like, oh, this is a perfect time. Um, but uh, then he, he's in a toll booth talking to his boss. And his boss is basically firing him. But you see a giant rat run around the corner uh, outside. And I was like, oh, my God, there is a giant rat. <laughs> it's like I'm paying attention movie. Uh, so there's a lot on the second viewing of this. I was like, oh, I can appreciate that. Um, but uh, that's where it likes it really takes the turn. I don't know if this would technically be the inciting action for this film because up until this point, it's been like a little more slice of life of like this this person is kind of down on his luck um, and uh, having some issues. But then the subway sequence, um, and then as most people uh, you know talked about it, the most kind of maybe the thing that's the hardest to believe. But there's these kind of three you know upper crust Gothamites that come in, and they're probably you know stock exchange or broker people or whatever else. And one of the guys. Um, starts kind of chastising this woman on the subway and they kind of, and she looks down and there's Arthur sitting in like his clown gear and he's just, he's had a horrible day cause he got fired and 
uh, for carrying a gun into a children's hospital. Makes sense. Um, and then uh, you you get this thing where she, they're like throwing fries at this lady, and the lady looks down at him as if he's going to do something, and he's like, uh, and then he starts doing his like his nervous laugh. And then one of the other guys, because this lady just kind of takes off, one of the other guys starts singing "Send in the Clowns," which good on him. Like, I, like it kind of broke that stereotype of like the jock or like the guy who's gonna beat up on somebody else. I was that part was like I was not ready for it. I don't know how you felt about like the dude said he like said he was singing like all of "Send in the Clowns." <laughs> so I was like, this guy, he knows his musical theater. Maybe that's where they came from. Maybe they're theater people. What'd you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was just really strange. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was a very, uh, like, really intentional way to try and, like, poke at somebody. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go to the extent of seeing, seeing this theater ballot, like... It's amazing. Clearly, you're right. You're you're deliberately looking for trouble. Like, yeah. there's no confusing that. So, yeah, I mean, as soon as he started singing... Uh, from there, I was like, oh, this is going to end really, really badly. Yeah. Like b- Before that, I knew it was like, this is going to go south. But at that point, I was like, okay, now this is going <laughs> really south. So, yeah, it was just kind of like a, a like a weird foreshadowing, I guess. That is so great that you say that, because all I can think of is, like, it's the next level of, like, guys approach someone in an alley in a film. It's like, if guys approach anywhere and they're singing, you know something really bad's about to happen. <laughs> like, they're, they're he's slightly coordinated. His friends were like, oh, yeah, like, this is fun. I'm surprised they didn't, they should have all um, jumped in on it. But I get where, like, you're right, they want to poke fun at him. And that's um, a song that a lot of people know. And maybe during the time, maybe it's roughly... I don't know when that song came out, so maybe it was like around that time, and that was the kind of the purpose of it. Um, but because like nowadays, I don't know if they would try to like poke fun at like they'd be like, oh, who's that Ronald McDonald? You know, like I don't know what you do to like because if you saw a clown on a subway today, you would not go singing and walking towards them. No. You'd be you'd be asking yeah, no. to die. Like, and these guys kind of were, and they didn't know this is this is decades ago when clowns were still was like it's kind of fun. But now it's like yeah. it's oh no, everybody's seen it, and those who haven't, like myself, still know. <laughs> run like (laughs) don't do it um but i i really like that sequence because it's the first time unfortunately and i'm I'm not condoning the violence but like you see arthur stand up for himself but it's it's way too far in the other way because like Mm -hmm. if in the past he's just gonna take the beatings now he's like you know what i'm gonna go past beatings and i'm gonna go right to murder uh which Mm -hmm. that first gunshot i was like oh my gosh like the first time i saw it i was like i was like stressed out i was like (laughs) Gosh. uh what what did you think about that sequence afterwards like were you like are you rooting for him i don't know like i don't know what to feel yeah it, it definitely puts you in a, a weird middle ground of like this part of me i'm like yeah arthur like yeah. go ahead like fine and then you're like eh, well yeah maybe you should hit him in the foot like <laughs> maybe not straight for the chest on the first shot but mm-hmm. i mean yeah it was just I, I guess it just came down to like the fight or flight and he was like i'm done with the the flight i'm mm-hmm. going straight to the fight for once and i mean he, he was carrying the snub nose for the last however many days yep. and i mean yeah that's just kind of i figured like that's what he would go to but when it actually like, breaks out and you hear that first gunshot it is like dang like especially since it's inside of a train you know a metal tube it's like everything is just amplified and yeah, it was the scene by itself was really well done, just like technically. Um, 
but yeah, and then like the fact that he goes like kills the first two guys right there, and then the third guy like oh. kind of gets away, and he goes to the extent of like chasing the guy down, and that's where it kind of goes to a different point of like um like rage of like like clearly he just goes ballistic and is like nobody like I'm I'm taking all three of you out like I don't care I, I've had it with all three of you I'm I'm chasing you all down so yeah it was it was a, a rooting for and then a quickly like oh man like that went sideways yeah oh and man you're, you're bringing up so many good points here uh because it you know I think it helps that we talked about that scene before where he's kind of bad with it and like he's not the first time he's using this thing he's like a crack shot with it like the first time he uses it it's inadvertent it's accidental and he's like oh my gosh and like that Play, like pays into the believability of the situation so that first guy gets it goes right through his head and then that other guy gets like two in the yeah. chest and that other guy he shoots in the back so like i'm sitting here counting and i think he there's six you can put six bullets in this thing because i'm i've turned into that guy ever since john wick i'm like counting <laughs> bullets i'm like One, two, three. um and he must have gotten more than that because i was like did he only get six but no um anyway so in that moment when he takes these guys down he it's a it's just a brilliant little it's a microsecond jalen but like it's i don't know if it's walking phoenix or the direction or whatever else he takes it and he has one bullet or like two bullets left potentially um and he shoots those two guys he gets that other guy and the guy starts running he takes the gun and he puts it at his head for a second and he's like no like he thinks about it for a second of like he does should i yeah. should i be done now forever or am i committed to this and when he commits to it mm. i i feel like you're with him there because you're like all right how would i do this and like you because you're like in his mind where you're like all right he's waiting for the guy to hop in and out and then you're like also if i was the other guy would i jump out like right away or am i gonna like stay in there and once he jumps out and like arthur sees that it's like it's over and then he gets him <laughs> and then he like boom like he shoots him like another time or two or something and it's like mm. I think you got yeah, him. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they ever considered a version where he did that and he just kept clicking it until like sometimes it happens in movies where it's like a rage moment and they just mm. keep there's no bullets to fire. Just click, 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 click. Um, right. But uh, yeah, man, that whole sequence. And then it's kind of like he's fully in, you know, to this whole thing. And that kind of really kicks off this uh, revolution in Gotham where they kind of like mm. kill the rich. Uh, and I, I don't know how you feel about this because I feel like they, they add the Thomas Wayne stuff in to kind of have the connection with his mom, um, which makes sense. And I don't feel like it's fully shoehorned in there, but I also feel like they, they did want to kind of have a little Batman stuff in there. Um, because not mm -hmm. too long after that sequence, you do get, um, the reveal that Thomas Wayne may be Arthur's father. And like for the whole movie, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I could totally see this. Like Thomas Wayne's this big wig. He's this jerk. He's, he doesn't want to deal with his family at all. And, uh, and you know, he's going to go confront him. Cause that's who Arthur is now. He's like, I got a problem with somebody. I'm going to go to your house. Um, and maybe terrorize your child or something, uh, <laughs> or whatever else. But that whole sequence with little Bruce Wayne is so creepy. Like it is just, yeah. it, but it's like, it's still kind of innocent, but it's still weird. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? And obviously too, you're a father, Jalen. So you're probably like, Oh my God, dude, get away from my kid. Like, it, yeah, it is like that that first scene where it switches to wayne manor and you can see him from like afar approaching oh. that alone is uh. just like uh it yeah. is really and it's super strange because like you we know him like we spent the past i don't know 45 minutes following this guy around and the fact that it still comes across as super predator like it's yep. it's just really really strange but 
seeing the interaction of like him through the the gate trying to like do magic tricks with bruce was kind of like okay i guess like the fact that bruce didn't just immediately skirt and just run back to the house yeah the fact that he like entertained it it was like huh i go on i, I actually like what you're doing and then you know whoever it's supposed to be i don't i don't know who the the character that comes out it's if it's supposed to be alfred or like security guard guy or something but it, yeah but um yeah just uh very uh strange but yeah because of that like after murdering the three people it's almost like he's reborn as a completely new person and decides i'm just gonna go to wayne manor and settle this myself but thinking that he alone is just going to walk into wayne manor and like just hash this all out and then it's like you're not even going to get to the front gate like yeah that just kind of i feel like it shoved him back into his like that low reality mm-hmm. and then it kind of like makes him even angry and it's like no I'm, I'm not going back to that life like i'm that's not me anymore and i'm gonna do whatever i have to do by literally any means necessary to to solve what's in front of me oh definitely and like the fact that he's got like his fingers in bruce's mouth making him smile you're like oh yeah. my gosh like even like pre-pandemic that's messed up and now it's i'm like bruce what are you doing um obviously it's not you know that wasn't a consideration i also like they have a little moment too where bruce is kind of following him and he slides down like a fire pole and i was like is that like a, an old batman callback or something like a little fire pole? <laughs> I, was like, I was like i'm just these are the things i think about on second viewings um and somewhere in here i don't know if it's before this or after this they i think it's after this um because he kind of gets shooed away from that uh but he they they cut the funding for the social worker. Yeah. And they're like, you're not going to get your meds anymore. You're not going to talk to anybody anymore. And she has this really honest moment with him and says like, Hey, you know, like they don't care about you. They don't care about me, like whatever. And <clears throat> that starts to really play into it too, because like some of those tendencies that he's had, he's like, you know, I, I would have felt bad about this thing, but I don't, I'm actually feeling really good. Like, I don't, I don't feel bad about this stuff anymore. That kind of all plays, I think even more, into this whole thing while he's trying to kind of figure out like if he's going to to get thomas wayne to help him uh and he's an incredibly lucky guy in a lot of these like dangerous circumstances but he's also pretty resourceful like he's breaking into this like movie theater night like that thomas wayne is at and he like goes in like the one door while this kind of this fight's breaking out outside with all these people wearing joker masks because like the revolution has started and he's like wearing like a little like a i don't know like a bellhop uniform just kind of walking yeah. in <laughs> you're like like no one's gonna know i'm like is he he's like it's like hitman he's like playing the game hitman he's just like just walking around in. um and confronting thomas wayne in the bathroom which like if people singing to you on a subway is bad enough if you like turned around or you came out of a stall in a bathroom and someone was standing there and the whole place was empty you'd be like i'm about to be murdered like <laughs> like no no probably not a good way to approach the person you may or may not think is your father um i don't know like he's taking his shot uh what did you think of the bathroom scene the bathroom scene that was it was i mean to be in thomas wayne's shoes it would without a doubt be super weird and you're you're gonna be defensive because why would anybody approach you like that um but watching it i was rooting for him i was like you know, the approach is kind of weird, but 
whatever, like do what you got to do. Like this is possibly your dad. So if you got to come up to him right as he's zipping up his pants, then do what you got to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, it was strange, but I was, I was still glad that he did it. Um, but it was just kind of unfortunate that Thomas Wayne was such a, you know, a douche to him and gave him such a, like that whole exchange of that conversation was like, like I felt that, like yeah, the fact that when he like yells that, like when Arthur yells back at him, like, what's wrong with people? Like, why can't anybody just be nice? Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's so, so, so. Like, I feel like that was written in there, like specifically, because that's transcends early '80s to today. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> even if somebody may say something sideways to you, like people are just so fast to dismiss and just be rude, and it's oh, yeah. like why can't we just be nice yeah no you're definitely right uh and that that is kind of like one of his i want to say it's like a mantra but it's a thing that he keeps coming back to when he's kind of defending himself with people when people are just immediately mean because everybody seems to be mean to him immediately but the first time i saw this he's like i you know he's like i think i'm your son he's like look at us i thought that line was in there to be like he's definitely his son but then like when thomas starts talking about this it seems like the ghosts of his past that aren't really weren't really his problem in the first place have come back and he's like oh i'm dealing with like the son of that lady who was crazy and now i have to deal with you now and i'm i'm just like in no mood dude and he just like like that you should punch him but he just he's like i'm done with this <laughs> like i'm kind of like get out of my way dude i don't know who you are and that kind of sets him off to go uh to seek out the information which i thought this was maybe the big like twist of the film but him going Mm. um and using his he's a likable guy that's the trick with this guy he's likable even if he's kind of creepy and he's talking to that clerk at arkham and he's like getting this information from him and then when he finally kind of breaks because he can't get the information he kind of grabs the thing and he starts banging his head on it and the guy's like ah um but he gets the information finds out that he's not actually uh thomas wayne's son he was adopted his mom was in an abusive relationship and like one boyfriend or multiple boyfriends beat him and he was malnourished and stuff. That's where I feel like if the subway scene wasn't like the scene that fully put him over like already, this is like the only thing in his life that kind of made any sense is gone, you know, Mm -hmm. because like at this point, his mom has been hospitalized because she had like this seizure because she was talking to these cops because the cops were inquiring about the whole the shooting incident and you know they kind of you can kind of piece it together how they got to him because they're like all right mm-hmm. let's look for clowns who might have a gun oh some guy just got fired for having a gun and he's like a clown performer <laughs> that might be the guy um so so great detective work there gotham bd um and uh I and they're like and there again we're talking about the whole the gun thing and he's just like it's part of my act um but uh you know finding that out with his mom and then just kind of deciding to kill her I'm just like oh my gosh I'm just like all right and then like I start counting the bodies I'm like all right he's up to four like (laughs) it's like starts doing that um did you feel bad for her like I I feel kind of bad for her but at the same time I don't know if she could help that she didn't like she couldn't separate the fact that she wasn't really you know, she didn't have an affair with Thomas and like that, you know, Arthur wasn't his son. Like, I don't know. How do you feel about her now after like that, that kind of twist, as it were? I did feel bad for her there because it was just like, I mean, <laughs> getting killed unexpectedly. I always kind of feel for the person. It's yeah. like, dang, 
Like you couldn't have ever saw that coming. Um, so yeah, I mean, in that instance, I did. Um, but in a weird way, I guess, because I mean, right after that, he's like just a new person again. It's like, ah, like just relief for him that he's like feeling good. Now I've got that out of my life. I'm, I'm feeling great now. Um, something I throughout there, they hint at, or not hint, but he appears to have a girlfriend. I was just going to bring this up. The movie. <laughs> yeah. so I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Which was his neighbor oh. um, that he like has that quick interaction with in the elevator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the movie leads you to believe that him and this girl are together. And then I don't remember when I think it's right after he leaves Arkham when he finds that out and he goes back home because he's he stops into her apartment like just unexpectedly like breaks in I think and she's like she recognizes recognizes him as her neighbor but not as clearly not as a a, a boyfriend and he like <clears throat> leaves right after that and at first I wasn't sure like did he hurt her like did he do anything but they didn't really say anything but I I don't think he did anything because I feel like they would have made that more clear if he had done something. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that whole thing was, I had bought into it. I thought that, that they actually worked together and then like them replaying the scenes and showing that it's, it was just him and all those scenes and that she really wasn't there that entire time was just like, damn, like the one person I thought you had rooting for you and like by your side, wasn't there the entire time. Like it was just something that, you know, part of his imagination yeah i i'm so glad you brought that up because i was like i i kind of like left it out on purpose until this point because that is like the one thing where you're like well it's nice you know he's he found like love and that's pretty good uh and there's one scene early on where he like goes in and he kind of finds her and he just starts kissing her and i remember thinking i was like i don't know if i buy that i was like he just like because they maybe seen each other once or twice before and I was like, eh, we'll see. And then later on when that pops up, I'm like, oh, so this is all just in his mind. And I was talking to a friend about this um, when I first saw it. But when he leaves and goes back to his apartment, you're right. It, it's very ambiguous. We don't know exactly what happened, if anything happened at all. And I told him, my friend, I was like, I don't think anything happened. Because if there would have been, like you said, Jalen, like, you know, we probably would have seen something, heard something, whatever else. And my friend was like, well, maybe that's just because you're an optimistic kind of guy. And that says more about you as a person because you're like, oh, that pr like probably nothing really happened um, and maybe nothing did. But at the same time, like this movie doesn't seem like it's that kind of movie. Um, and but you're right, though. I, I feel like if something were to have happened still after watching a second time, I think we would have had something. There would have been a like a police report or we would have gotten some sort of closure on that because it is so open-ended especially at the end the fact that she's like you're arthur right like i don't even like you gotta you gotta get out of here and it's just like oh no <laughs> like the one the one thing that was like oh this is kind of sweet like it was in the trailers and stuff you're like joker's got a girlfriend and you're like that's kind of sweet and it's like nope uh yeah um and just like <laughs> and then it, you, it like it hurts even more because you look back at that first scene where she does that kind of like she shoots herself in the head because her kids you know fake with the, the finger guns and they're like her kids driving her crazy and they're walking in the hall and he turns out he's like hey and he does the same thing but he takes it like to a new extreme where he like pretends to shoot himself <laughs> and he's just like Bleh! and he like kind of like almost flops over and you're like that might be the last time they talk to each other <laughs> and and i believe that he stalked her 
Like, I believe that segment yeah. of it. But then afterwards, mm-hmm. where she's like, oh, I was hoping it was you following me. It does seem a little too like, oh, that's uh, yeah. really like, it seems too good. Right. To be true. Like, she's like, oh, I hope you're coming to rob the place. And he's that's when he's like suave. Arthur He's like, oh, I've got a gun. I could come tomorrow. <laughs> like, and she likes that. Like, most people mm-hmm. would be like, I need to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, like a lot of like little character interactions like that. Um, but now we have like full unhinged Arthur. His mom's dead. Um, he's yeah. committed triple homicide. <laughs> and he's kind of started this revolution or kind of kicked off. And they just become the face of it because people just were like riding almost anywhere just on the cusp of it. And they kind of really, that spurs them. Uh, and then we get probably the most brutal sequence. Um, and we, we circle back. I think his name is Randall, the guy who gave him the 38 in the first place. And, um, you know, Arthur even says amongst that group when he's leaving, he's like, you know what? He's like, oh, it's actually Randall who gave me the gun. And he does the whole like, oh, I forgot to punch out. And he kind of punches that, like the punch thing, a bunch, <laughs> like the punch card thing and knocks it down. But then he, he walks down some stairs and he there's like a don't forget to smile. And he crosses out the forget. Uh, but he starts going down the stairs. And that's part of like, I feel like that was very intentional. Like every time he's going down the stairs in a sequence, it's like a freeing thing where he's like, oh, life's easy. You know, I just got fired from my job, but like, whatever. Like, um, but Randall and um, that um, that other guy show up from his work uh, and, oh God, it's so brutal because like he locks the door because he's like, oh yeah, we heard your mom, you know, pass away. We're going to bring you like a drink or something. And, um, and, and like Arthur kind of has a problem with this Randall guy, but the way he responds with it is, I don't know if it's half of his scissors or a full pair of scissors, but he, they're like talking. Yeah. And he like, yeah. they start talking and then he's like, Arthur's like, yeah, yeah. And then he just stabs him in the neck and then stabs him in the eye and starts smashing his head into the wall. Oh. And that other guy who's there is like, Arthur, like, what are you doing? Oh my God. Um, that <laughs> sequence, I remember thinking like, I, like the movie's just so intense, but that moment for me, I was like, okay, okay, we got to this moment. Like, <laughs> like, how do you feel rewatching that? It's pretty like, yeah, yeah. Rewatching that is it. It still doesn't have the effect of as when I watched it the first time. Like yeah. that was just like, I like when you saw him lock the door. I was like, it was kind of like <laughs> no, like a predator. <laughs> you learn from the subway i like i knew he didn't like the guy but i was like just kind of like confused like he didn't like him that much like to the point where you're gonna like lock him in to do harm to him and and then like just to go from zero to 100 and just take him out like that was just i mean that's like one of the most brutal ways you could kill somebody um and then like him just sitting there Ugh. afterwards and, and he was just like in a state of just peace afterwards and just yep. calmly sitting there and, and then i was like thinking well is he gonna kill the other dude too who i can't remember I his so. name yes let me look it up because he says it but i don't remember what he says but um yeah him just sitting there i was like oh i think he's and it was just like a weird 50 50 thing of like he could kill him, but at the same time, like that's the another guy who has never done anything wrong to him. So I don't know why he would. And the fact that he doesn't just kind of reinforces that weird idea of like, he's clearly mentally off, but he does have his sense of like reasoning left. Like he could have just went all out rage and, and ended up killing the other guy too. But um, he never 
did anything to the guy and he mentions that like you were the only person who was ever nice to me and lets him leave and which, which was the funny scene of him like running to get past him and then arthur like jumps at him I, that, <laughs> so the most stressful moment in the movie for me i was like yeah okay so i looked it up his name's gary uh so poor gary. Little, poor gary yeah he like kisses on the head and stuff and like he can't unlock the door and like is it a common practice to lock your doors in this apartment maybe but clearly the <laughs> girlfriend didn't do that or whatever else like i don't know it's it's hard to know maybe she was flustered with her kid but that whole sequence she's like arthur i can't open i can't open the door and he's like of course you can't open the door it's like and this is after the conversation where he's like hey you know the franklin murray show He's like, I'm gonna be on there tonight, and he's like covered in blood. He's got like yeah. the white paint on. Gary's just like in the corner, like he's like, that's good. Yeah. It's like, please don't murder me with a pair of scissors. Um, yeah, I I feel so bad for Gary, uh, but like that, it's just you're so the audience kind of in that moment back to like another person. If you're not Arthur, you're you're Gary, and you're like, you're like, oh my god, Arthur, like this is like, like I saw you crawl into a fridge earlier. That's one thing. You're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like Indiana Jones esque, I get it, but uh, now it's like you're murdering people with scissors. Um, so that brings the grand total, or so far, up to five, five people that he has murdered personally. Uh, and yeah, I, yeah. I did want to mention Gary. I feel like him and Gary has, I guess, something in common because they were both they were always the butt of the joke. It's, mm-hmm. It always seemed that way amongst their coworkers. It was Gary being a little person. Like you hear every time he's at work, they're they're throwing a joke at Gary, and even right before, uh, what's his name dies, he's he's like busting Gary's chops. Yeah. But um, so I feel like it was like a re- relatable thing of like, hey, like me and you are the only people that, like, we don't really wrong anybody, and it, I guess it's just like a weird leveling thing that he has with him, um. But at the same time, him like still <laughs> joking with them. It's like so strange that he's in this complete state of bliss and like nothing's wrong. And I can still sit here and joke about, you know, the lock being too high for you to reach. It's just like, you know, Gary's like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like trying to put myself in his shoes and I would have fully just peed myself at this point. And I would, I mean, Pretty much exactly what he did is probably exactly what I would have done. So it's just like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Oh, totally. That, that whole scene is just crazy. It's like uh, Gary, no good deed goes unpunished. And he's like, you know what? This is kind of a horrible world. And my old you know, ex-coworker, his mom died. I'm going to come bring him bring him a bottle of wine or something. And it's just like, <laughs> nope, I didn't. Mm-mm. Or whatever he brought out of his whiskey. Who knows? Um, but then you like that that sequence takes place and now he's just fully in it like that's who he is now but he gets the mm-hmm. full outfit on and he looks great like i think the outfit mm-hmm. looks so darn good uh the, this is the thing that still bothers me and i don't know why they did this Jalen, maybe you can uh, may, help me understand the music they play is from like it's from other things but i know it from like happy gilmore i think it's like like there must be a reason for that. Maybe he's celebrating in his mind, but like that was the time that I wanted the score to kick off more so. And it doesn't until he's way down the steps, which is fine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, down the steps descending. It's I'm, I'm trying to do a theme that they probably didn't. Maybe they knew about this. Who knows? Um, But like when that music kicks in, like the actual score, it's so good. Like, I love that. Cause it's like this, like these creepy strings, like it's maybe bass or um, cello or something. Um, but it's so like ethereal. And you're like, he's dancing mm-hmm. to the music that only he can hear. 
Um, I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? Is the music choice like weird to you there, or do you think that was fitting for that first segment at least? It, I found it to be really fitting, only because I, for the life of me, I've heard that song like a million times, but yeah. I don't actually know the name of it. Yeah, just sad. <laughs> but I usually hear it. It's like a pregame like fight song. Like yep. it's always like a pregame get the crowd hyped up. Um, which I thought it was fitting because he was like showtime like let's get this show on the road uh, sure. this is my walking to the ring coming down the tunnel uh, like and I'm, I'm i'm about to get it on um but the the rest of the score is so so fitting because it's just like every time you would hear those chords it's just like sorrow like that's all i could think it was just yeah. like the sound like if you would think of what sorrow would sound like mm-hmm. that's what it would be because it's just like this long dragging out just like ah like that hurts yeah (laughs) it's like it's oppressive the the whole score yes yeah exactly the the whole score was like that and then to hear that like the fight song randomly it's just like it throws you for a loop but him like coming down the stairs and just in complete bliss and like smoking his cigarette and just having a blast coming down the stairs as he's about to just to just do whatever go go down this war path is like it was pretty i thought it was pretty fitting sure uh apparently this score was actually written or composed without knowing or seeing the film which usually is not how it's done i could be wrong on this but apparently uh it was kind of done that way and then that bathroom sequence um right after he shoots those three guys and he kind of runs into that bathroom um to kind of get some kind of compose himself as it were he's supposed to kind of wash his face and just kind of be like okay but what they did is they played the music over that like they actually like had it um for him to hear joaquin phoenix and he did the the dance moves totally like kind of improvised to it um which i was like so that whole sequence where he's in that kind of dingy creepy bathroom where he's dancing around and stuff that was like all apparently that's what i was reading about (laughs) i was like that's fascinating um but that like it's such a cool weird score and it fits it i think just so dang well uh and then you get into what i just think is the coolest scene of the whole film what it's been leading up to this whole time you know fantasy meets reality as it were but finally getting to be on the uh arthur murray show because uh we didn't really talk about this earlier but he did do a little spot for stand-up comedy where he thought his girlfriend was watching and she was not um (laughs) But he does some stand-up comedy, and he keeps telling people in his life that he's pursuing stand-up comedy. He's talking to a social worker. He tells it to his mom, and his mom says, well, you aren't funny. And, like, there's this kind of – and he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna keep plugging away at this, um, which is weird because, like, she says he's not funny, but he keeps telling people that she said he was meant to bring laughter and, you know, mm-hmm. happiness to people. I don't know. Maybe he just made that up. But he finally gets to be on the Arthur Murray show. It's to meet his idol. He's fully decked out. And then he he finally gets to go out there and he, you know, he's dancing, even though he has been for at least a week or so been made fun of on the show. They're like, hey, we got this, you know, this video from this little stand up nightclub and this guy is just laughing at his own jokes and like, what a kook, you know, kind of weirder guy. Um, I just don't know why you would like anybody would think this is a good idea. Like I get ratings. I understand. But like <laughs> if you're if you're, you know, Murray, I'd be like think about it just a little bit um but he goes out there and they're kind of doing the back and forth and he finally confesses about killing those guys and it's just he's fully he's like yeah i killed him he's like yep and like yeah you know clearly the crowd is not the crowd who's going to be like yeah good job they're all kind of like oh my goodness you know like uh, how horrible which 
most people probably would say that um <laughs> but that whole sequence man it's so good i don't know it's so it's freaky so it's so cool it, it really uh, is do you have a favorite I, moment just... uh i mean that that scene right there is without a doubt my favorite scene that's probably one of my all-time favorite scenes of any movie oh cool um but just like the, the fact that everything the build-up to that was just so good and like it's almost like that was kind of like his last gamble because right before that he had like just dodged those two detectives on the subway and like raised hell to get there so it was mm. kind of like this is it for him like, this is the end of the road so he in knowing that like i'm gonna go on to this show knowing that like i'm not just going to leave the show like if i come out of here i'm either going to be arrested or killed like that's pretty much it so it's kind of like like it's his Super Bowl in a way, and him like coming out with the fight song, him with the curtains opening up, and him like doing his elaborate dance, and like I don't know if you remember, like the, the two workers are standing there like looking at him sideways, like yeah, as he's I love it. doing these like theatrical dances, and he's just in his own mind because in his mind this is it, like I have nothing else after this, so I'm I'm gonna spend the last few moments just going out with a bang um but yeah that that whole scene of him like especially when every time he addresses uh frank it's just like he keeps calling him instead of just murray it's murray like (laughs) it's weird right it's like (laughs) i don't i don't know i think it was almost like a he he knew that murray was sitting there kind of like backhand insulting him so that was almost like his way of like i'm going to also backhand insult you yeah <laughs> but it just comes off as kind of weird um but I, i've seen a uh another youtube video and i don't remember who made it but they compared that scene to heath ledger's joker where he is being um uh what's it called where he sits down with the the batman in the um I don't remember the name of I can't like the interrogation know, room interrogation yeah, yeah. in the interrogation room scene and how that's like those two scenes almost identically match up together and like the way the guy breaks it down is actually really accurate oh, cool um but it's it's he described it as the point of both of them it's when the audience realizes that the Joker has complete control like at that point they both mention I have nothing else to live for like you can't hurt me anymore because at this point i have nothing else to live for and it's almost just this really eerie comparison how both of them have that moment and it's true like at that point the viewer knows like (laughs) all bets are off we have no idea what this dude can do because both of them are back into a corner but at the same time you're kind of scared to see what they're gonna do next so that scene entirely is like one of my favorite scenes of all time Oh yeah, and I neglected to mention it, but I'm glad you brought it up too. He is he does going down the stairs. The two like it's funny because you see like the two like people at the top of the stairs, and <laughs> he's dancing, and you're like, oh, there'd be people walking around, but it's the two detectives, and they're like, hey, and he's like, oh, I gotta get out of here, and like he just takes off, and that whole sequence of him like running through the subway, and he gets like he inadvertently gets a guy killed because one of the detectives is getting like jumped because there's all these people. Um, you know, going to this mm-hmm. rally, which that Randall guy mentions earlier on. He's like, oh, you go to the rally? And I love Arthur's like, no, 
Like, he's just like, has the full clown <laughs> makeup on. He's just like completely oblivious to the rest of the world. He's just like, eh, you know, even if Joker was like an established criminal, that would be something that he would probably do. They'd be holding this huge rally yes. and he'd be like, they're doing a rally for me? He'd be like, yeah, I didn't hear about it. Uh, but, uh, and like kind of getting through the subway and he barely gets through there, but he like t- he takes that one dude's mask off and the guy gets angry at him and he kind of shoves him and it like runs into another guy. The guy turns around and just punches that dude and Arthur like puts it on. He's like, whoop, like, he's just like, I'm not part of this anymore. Uh, right. which is like it's it's creepy but like that whole sequence where he, he just gets so lucky and then he kind of dances when one of the like because the cops getting beat up and he's like ha like i you can't catch me um but uh that whole sequence like going into it um and uh he you know he wants to be introduced as joker and it's great because he's like mm. yeah you know you you called me a joker and i remember thinking i was like did he and then also like murray's like did i call you that and he's like yeah it doesn't matter sure i'll call you joker whatever like it's, it's gonna be good um <laughs> But I, I love that whole like sequence because it, it really does show him off to many people. Like he's like, I'm the guy who did it. Here's kind of how I feel about the world. Everybody's kind of mean to each other. People aren't civil anymore. Even you, Murray, this shows like this, <laughs> like in a way from the beginning of this, this was his dream to come on this show. Now he's there. He's like, you've spent, you know, the last like the other you know week ago, you're making fun of me tonight. You're making fun of me. He's like, I'm just I'm just a joke to you. Like. You know, is this and like Thomas Wayne thinks everybody's a clown. Like, you know, like it's just like this is what the upper crust thinks of us. And what he's like, you know, and I'm going to tell one more joke here. And he's like, you know, what he, what happens when I and he even says it himself, he says, like, I'm a when a mentally challenged, like loner um, gets kind of trashed on by the system. And he's like, you get what you effing deserve. And he just pulls out the gun and shoots Murray. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like and this is right after like he sits he's sitting next to that doctor and like murray's right hand or whatever who are just sitting there just kind of like holding each other on the couch this woman that he kissed when he walked out on stage <laughs> so like and he's just kind of sitting there and he kind of like looks at the gun afterwards and he's kind of like because he, he gets up and he shoots him again and then he's like mm-hmm. he kind of like throws it on the desk and he just kind of like walks up to the camera like Man, it's just so good. It's so well it done. Is. Like you're like, okay, I get why he's not gonna walk out of there. And the next time you see him, he's like in the cop car, which I feel like every Joker needs to just be like in a cop car at one point. Like, you know. Um but let uh, me ask you, do you think that he because I don't think that he had planned to shoot Murray up until like that very second? Because beforehand he was like seemingly intending to to off himself on the show oh yeah yeah because that was like the plan yeah you're right that was like his that was his gag like oh you think this you think my other joke was funny like okay well i'm gonna just blow my own head off on the show as the punchline but i feel like once he was on the show and going back and forth with murray it was almost like it just made him angry yeah and it was almost like I'm not going to off myself. I'm offing you. Like you've, you've really pissed me off at this point. And it was kind of like a split second change of plans. And he just started screaming at him. Like, you know, what happens when you cross like a mentally ill person and goes on that quick rant, which I love that by the way, but, and then just split second, split second, breaking out the gun and just popping him right there. It was just like, man, like just, crazy 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 and then like when he does come up to the, the broadcast camera and he's like and just remember and then it cuts him off right there. <laughs> oh yeah he says like he's is murray's catch he's like that's life and then they just uh, start playing spanish flea and they start backing up and they like look at all these monitors that someone 
is probably looking at her left to be really quickly because they're like freaking out. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I forgot about that because yeah, he does kind of practice that. Like if I because he even says like in his little journal, like it's like, I hope my death makes more sense than my life. And that's kind of like his mentality. Yeah. But again, like hearkening back to the subway, he had that moment where he could have. And then he's like, no, I like I'm angry. I'm that my anger is going to supersede yeah. like this moment. And I'm just going to do that, uh, which I'm kind of surprised he didn't start like shooting into the crowd wildly or something, but he just kind of has that moment. And he's just kind of like, all right. Um, <laughs> and then uh, gets taken out, which again, reading the screenplay is a bit different. Um, Cause he, he ends up getting out of the, the cop car, um, you know, himself, but in the movie, like it gets hmm. hit by an ambulance and then like a taxi kind of skids over the top of it and stuff. It's like the biggest like action moment in the, the movie besides him getting hit by a taxi earlier when he's running away from those uh, detectives. And he take he, rolls it off like champ like he gets hit by it and he's just like nope i'm gonna keep going <laughs> um and uh like those two people find him wearing the joker mask and they kind of bring him out and then he kind of you know he rises as it were to prominence kind of in his element with all these people around him and you know he's doing his dance he's got the blood smile that he kind of puts on um man what a like powerful weird sequence it's to so have good there at the so end, right good. like uh <laughs> intertwined with the bruce wayne origin yeah. story stuff which I feel like we've seen it so many times. It makes sense here, but it also feels like they were probably like, if you're gonna make a Joker movie, you got to do some Batman stuff. Like, right? Yeah. I don't. How did you feel like, about working... it? Yeah, I thought it was it was a good good fit for it. I feel like they were kind of like, where can we kind of jab in one more? You know, make this a superhero movie, quote unquote. Yeah. And it was like. Well, what more of a perfect opportunity when when the city is in complete chaos, and that's when Bruce Bruce Wayne's parents probably would have been killed. It was like, let's stick it in there. Um, but yeah, that that scene was just so so good. I could have sat there for another three hours just to see, all right, what happens next. Like, yeah, I, to this day, I, I have no idea if they have any intentions on following this up with a next movie or whatever, but. I really hope they do because to me, that's like the most besides this, like the actual origin, but like what would happen? What would be step two in the Joker's career? Like I would love to see how, where they go right after that point. Um, But yeah, like that, that whole scene was just really, really well done. Yeah. Well, and you make a good point because this film, I think it did pull in over $1 billion, uh, which is hard for like a movie studio, like especially probably, on a, a smaller budget, I would imagine this is not going to have as much as something like a Justice League mm. or an MCU film usually does. But uh, it, it's obviously so crafted to be its own thing. But at the same time, you know, if, if you're in the business of making films and stuff, there's part of you that's like, wow, we have an established franchise. I'm sure a lot of people did go see this because of the name and the interest in it. Mm-hmm. And many people were like, oh, this was not anything like I expected. I think it was still super well received. But I'm sure there are some people out there who are like, this wasn't like the Joker, like leading into like regular Batman stuff. Because like if they continued with this, <coughs> this Joker would probably fit a little better into something like Batman Begins or something that's a little more grounded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it seems that way to me anyway. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I too would love to see where it goes because yeah, at the end there you get He's back. He or he, he's back in it, as it were. But he's in a um, a new situation, um, in Arkham, in these white walled rooms, which is uh, the same place. Uh, in the screenplay, it says this too. It's the same place that thirty years prior he thinks anyway, 
um, that his mom was being interrogated at Arkham. And he's like in that flashback sequence, which I, I always love when they do that, when there's like a flashback and like a present day person has like inserted themselves into it. I always think that's so cool. But he kind of is there and he starts singing That's Life. And then you see him start walking down the hallway without his um, his healthcare provider or whatever. And there's just like bloody footprints. And you're like, oh, my God, did he just like stomp someone to death? And like he's like right. trying to run away from the orderly at the end. So it's kind of like, ah, like the end yay like <laughs> it's just intense man it doesn't leave you feeling like ah like most superhero films nowadays do where they're like mm. the good guys won you know and the bad guys lost it was like kind of infinity war-esque for me in that way where i was like oh my like it, oh no yeah. like uh, but even more <laughs> so because it was obviously talking a lot more about society and stuff um but uh yeah i agree with you i would totally love to see where this goes next and I did look this up. Apparently, Joaquin Phoenix lost like over 50 pounds for this role. We didn't talk about that too much. When you see him like shirtless and he's like and like you can tell he's not eating a lot, but he's kind mm. of strong too. like it's it's so creepy. Like, I don't know how you feel about it. when he's like laying back on the couch. You like see all of his ribs on like a concave stomach. You're like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> it's weird because at the first first time seeing it, I really didn't think anything of it. But like now that you mention, it's like yeah, I guess that would like a very grown man, like almost middle aged man, would yeah. be that like malnourished. It's just strange. But seeing it the first time, it it made so much sense that I didn't really think about it. It was almost like seeing where he lived and just the conditions and all that. I was like it did. It wasn't even a second thought. I was like, yeah, that's that's probably what he would have looked like. <laughs> like it just wasn't wasn't a thought to me. Yeah. Uh, so overall, um, I think I've talked about it before, but like Jalen, like full thoughts, like feelings towards this. Now that you've seen it twice, like where does it rank for you? Is it rank pretty high still, or like where, 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 where are you feeling? Yeah, Ow. it definitely ranks really high. I, I have a hard time saying it's like my favorite superhero movie because I don't quite consider it to be a superhero movie to me it's like if you were to just remove or just change bruce wayne's name to whatever it would be it could be completely different from you know joker yep um so to me it's and it's not a knock on the movie it's just it is what it is um it, it is without a doubt like one of my favorite movies out there um but yeah like just the whole thing of like the fact that it takes place in like the early 80s late 70s but the message of it could still is super relevant today and like yeah there were a lot of people that um saw it and were like kind of disappointed like i think i think my mom even saw it and she was like oh like that wasn't what i thought it was gonna be like she was kind of thinking it was going to be like a superhero movie and she was like super disappointed with it i was like what like how could you possibly <laughs> movie um but yeah it's just kind of like <clears throat> it's this double-edged sword where it's like it's totally not your average superhero movie at all but at the same time it's like wouldn't that be what the joker's origin story should be like it should be a very backwards like realistic just grimy portrayal of somebody's life yeah that is the joker like that's kind of that that is his origin like you're not seeing him at his full force you know 20 years down the line when he's fighting batman like that's just where he comes from um but yeah just the the message that i think it sends is is really really important of just like 
when him saying like for the first time i felt notice and it took him killing people to for him to feel notice and it's kind of like damn people like yeah maybe we should just try being nicer to each other yeah totally like, like do you think he would have been pushed to that point if he would have just felt you know like he was screaming at bruce wayne in the bathroom like how about a hug dad like yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know sometimes it just feels like people could just be you know way nicer to each other and him feeling like his life was a tragedy like the whole kind of line in the movie was i thought my life was a tragedy but turns out it's a comedy and it's like that says a lot like that's what he was pushed to to that point of like my so i'm gonna change my outlook on my life and just raise hell at this point and it's like damn we should just moral of the story just be nice to people Oh, yeah, totally. I think um, that scene with his dad, too, I think, or well, I should say his dad, but he thinks it's his dad, Thomas Wayne. Uh, that might have played. Or Bruce, <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah, Mr. Wayne, we'll just call him that, Mr. Wayne. Uh, that probably would have played better in my mind if it hadn't come right after the fact that he, like, just killed three dudes where he's like, it'd be nice if we just warmed every dad. It's like, I wonder if there was part of him that if maybe he had the gun on him then, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he could have brought that. I wonder if they considered, they're like, what if Joker killed Thomas Wayne? you know and killed because there's been versions where like the joker and like i think it's batman 89 where like joe chill or like jack nicholson is like the guy who killed bruce wayne's parents i could be completely wrong on that um but i i wonder if that was a consideration at any point but yeah i i totally hear you because it's funny because like i think you could take it either way where you're like man i feel so bad for this guy but then you're also like he's also really scary and like you know the the system has it's like the system is corrupted and he is a product of it you know, um, and the product of like a bad upbringing, uh, the the product of just like the world being mean to him just for his profession um, and stuff like that. It's just like you feel really bad for him. But then you're also like, well, he's also kind of a bad dude. So it's hard. Like, you know, he's not a he's not flawless, which I think is good in a, a protagonist. Like, you got there's got to be things in him. And obviously his flaws are much bigger than most others because he's normally a villain. Uh, and I think a second a sequel is something they want to do. I don't know if they're going to. Is that the one you do like the vat of acid and like he's white, you know, he, he's like the white paint is on him forever kind of thing. I don't know if that's too much. You know what I mean? Like you can't, it's like, cause they obviously have it so grounded right now. I don't know. Like, yeah. I just, I think that's the fear is like, they're like, oh, it's going to get tied into Batman stuff. And then it's just going to take off and it's going to be less of what it used to be. I'm not sure. Right. Cause at that, at that point you would have to, like you'd have to pick a street on, okay, we're going to go this way with it, or we're going to keep it on the ground so that would be just really weird but um yeah just what a great great movie all, all around like the writing the the cinematics the uh-huh. score Joaquin uh-huh. phoenix's role was outstanding like just all all around what a just great great movie yeah, uh, and actually, we got a few questions here uh, about this, Jalen, because I, I like to bring this up, community feedback and questions time. Uh, this one comes in from Mecca Recca over on our Discord. Uh, if, if you guys want to ever get a hold of us, just tweet me, hashtag Critical Podcast. We'll get to it later. Um, he says, hi, Jimmy. I haven't seen the Joker movie, but I'm curious as to uh, your opinion on which Joker is the most iconic or, quote unquote, best representation of the character. Jalen, you want to go first in this one? Most iconic or best? Maybe you could do iconic and then favorite if they don't coincide uh for the longest time i would say it was jack nicholson um i i would like to say though in the past like decade or so i feel like heath ledger has taken that that spot like 
um i do think that that was the best joker with joaquin phoenix being in a strong second like a almost like a 1a um but yeah i feel like jack nicholson was the most iconic for a long time but over the past since the dark knight came out um i think it his he did the best job and then slowly that started to become like when you think of joker now i feel like most people usually refer to uh the heath ledger joker sure uh i guess for me like i know a lot of people would say heath like you said uh with his performance it's so good but it feels so different it almost feels like the joker exists in that universe and he's like the even more deranged like version of the joker or is like as aspires to be like that like he because there's some stuff he does a few things in there that are joker-esque but his performance is so much more unhinged and the one that i always come back to it's going to be weird but i think it's mark hamill uh especially like in the arkham games like that that joker the the voice and like the style of just this kind of like he is menacing but he's also kind of funny uh, and there's always this kind of like back and forth where like he is a threat, but he's not really a threat. Uh, people are afraid of him, but also Batman's like, oh, God, it's just you again, like kind of situation. And I don't know, there's something in that performance that especially when I figured that out when I was younger and I was like, the guy who played Luke Skywalker is the Joker. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then I like saw like the, you know, the voiceover um, work that he'd done. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was like, like watching the, that voice come out of his mouth. I was like are you serious? Like, uh, so to me, and I know a lot of people like the animated series. I think the animated series is good. I like Batman beyond cause I grew up with it, but especially the Arkham games. Uh, I just, man, that to me is so iconic and great, but all the jokers I think are really good. I can't really think of one that's like yeah. too bad. Um, like Alan Tudyk does a really good one for a- Harley Quinn. And it's like completely different than these other ones. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of whatever you like. And I think our generation grew up with Heath Ledger as the Joker, along with Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. And a lot of people might be like, you know, uh, Keaton is the best Bruce Wayne. But like for me, I'm like, no, man, Char- like it's, it's Bale for sure, dude. Like, he's so freaking good. Um, I look at him like, that looks like a Bruce. Like, when he's got the no mask, I'm like, he looks like a Bruce. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Heath Ledger's performance, obviously, is uh, transformative. Uh, and I don't know. It's hard, man. I'd, like, for me, I feel like it's... It should be Hamill, but like there's Heath Ledger's good too. But Joaquin Phoenix, man, I don't know. For me, live action might take the cake because there's I know more about him. But I think that's what's cool about Heath Ledger's is that you don't know about him. Like he's just this kind of he's an entity that he's just kind of out right. there. I don't I know. I feel like if you took Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and then like fast forward him, I don't know, 10, 15 years into the 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 crime game. I feel like you would get Heath Ledger's like at that point. Oh, maybe. He's just always unhinged and sure. almost like mastered it in a way. Like I, I feel like that's that would be the result of 15, 20 years of that lifestyle would, would do that to him to that point. Yeah. But, and and he would also like if he went to Harvey Dent and he saw him in the hospital, he would be the guy who like gives him a gun and he like put he's like he's like oh yeah come on he's like shoot he's like shoot come on do it. let's let's do it. Um, even though during that whole thing he's like he's like you know those guys they're schemers. I'm like dude you're a schemer. You watch that movie he's planned all this stuff out. He's definitely a schemer. I'm like Joker don't you you're an agent of chaos but you've caught a few cars in your time my friend don't you don't burn money like that a mountain of money and be like we don't need it because there's probably part of you who's like i got some money stored away you know um <laughs> oh man it's too bad we never saw uh that you know that continuation in dark knight rises uh it's, 
it's it's a shame. Even though I think Tom Hardy still does a decent job. Like, what are you gonna do? Oh, yeah. Like, what are you sure. gonna do? Um, but anyway, all the Jokers I think are really good. So whatever. If you're listening to this and you're like, why didn't you say uh, Jared Leto? Um, if that's your favorite Joker, good on you. You know what I mean? He's coming back at Justice League, even though he was never in it in the first place. I'm so fascinated to watch that whole thing. I'm so interested. It's going to be like the most expensive movie of all time. Like, oh my gosh. It's just fascinating. I love it. I love movies. Um, we got another question in here. Uh, this one comes in from Missile Mage. This is going to be a little bit different, but it still plays within it. Um, he asks if you could put J. Jonah Jameson into any other franchise, movie, game, TV, what would you choose? He said he thought of this while he was watching a bug stack stream. Thank you. Bug snacks. Kind of bug, kind of snack. If you could take J. Jonah Jameson and have him just screaming over the airwaves in another movie or a game or TV show. Remind me on who that is again. That's Spider-Man. Like the guy who runs the daily plan or bugle. Oh, okay. Okay. He's always like, Spider-Man. Right, yeah, okay. And then put him into another game or movie. Um, you go first on this one. I gotta. Okay. I gotta... So the cop out answer is like the Arkham games because they already did that with like Spider Man where he's just like always over the airwaves. And I would love to have him just screaming about Batman all the time. He'd be like, it's a man dressed as a bat. Like, you know, like it'd just be, it'd be that for like 60 hours. I think it'd be pretty good. Uh, I was trying to think of like a good on-running TV show where he could just like be in the background and you're like, oh God, he's there. Like he's just always showing up. Like he's just on this like like his own little podcast all the time. Like he was in um uh was it uh home or far from home. Um did you see Far From Home, Jalen? Yeah. Okay. Indeed. Yeah, because he's at the very end there. His hair though, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, the hair wasn't right. I'm just saying, Marvel, if right. we're gonna bring him back, you gotta do the little flat top. Like you gotta right. He's got to be the full Jameson, right? Um, <laughs> full Jameson. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. There's something about putting him in Batman that I feel like it would work really well. And I almost feel like you don't have to change the character. Like, or Superman. Like, have the Daily Bugle fight with the Daily Planet. And the Daily Planet's always like, oh, you know, Superman saved a cat from a tree. And then, like, you just, then it's the Daily Bugle. It's like, he's a menace! Like, you know, just every newspaper is just down to Superman. He's the worst. And, like, Lex Luthor backs them or something. I feel like that, it could work real well. And it's just, you slot it right in. You know what I'm saying? You're welcome, guys. <laughs> That's a pretty good thing. I... I think it'd be pretty entertaining if you just slapped him into Jurassic Park. Oh my gosh. Very first one, if he was just like worked on the park and he's like in the, the offices with the rest of them and like stuff is going crazy awry out on the island and he's just like, you know, the gate went down and like, you know, this dinosaur got out and it's like, <laughs> what are you idiots doing out there? And it's just like, <laughs> it's so he would inevitably end up getting eaten. Yeah. But would be highly entertaining for most of the movie i feel like you read my mind man because i was thinking Jurassic park i was like how am i gonna get him in there i agree man totally like he'd be like you're what are you some sort of bipedal like lizard i don't even know what i'm looking at like you know like he just he'd be just yelling at the raptor before it's about to eat him or he would be like one of the guys in like jurassic world fallen kingdom when they're doing like news reports and he's like dinosaurs on an island i say let him die like he would just he'd just be screaming all the time like he just they'd be like have you ever research dinosaurs he'd be like i don't have to just look at him um like that's the type of guy jameson is uh jalen that's way better than mine yours is way and my my problem is that he's already in justice league he plays gordon so like he i don't know if he dual role oh, yeah. 
that's he's, right. Which he would make such a great Gordon too. Like uh, J.K. Simmons is so dang good. Which I think well, we didn't even say that it doesn't have to be J.K. Simmons, but I feel like it has to be J.K. Simmons at this yeah, point. Like he's just perfect, dude. Fit that fit that so well. Oh, totally, dude. Jurassic Park inspired choice, man. Look at you. <laughs> So good. Like, he could be in all those movies. He'd just be on some news reports and he got away from the island, but he, like, lost an arm or something. And he'd be like, this is what the dinosaurs did to me. This is what they're going to do to you. Like, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that. Or he'd be, like, pouring ketchup on himself in between, like, takes. And he'd be like, oh, my God, look, they got into the studio. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Dude, that's that's a great question, Mr. Mage. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, Mr. Mage. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate those questions. Uh, and if you guys ever have a question for the show or a topic or an idea like this or a guest idea like Galactic Grizzly being back on the show because he's fantastic, uh, all you have to do is tweet the hashtag Critical Podcast and you can tweet at us officially on Twitter, which is at GoCritical or I'm at JimmyGood013. We also have a Gmail account. Just go Critical Reviews at Gmail if you want to send in stuff there or... Uh, yeah, I don't know, just any way you want to send us Discord works as well. However, I know you're not on their Twitter as much, Jalen, but like if people did want to contact you over there, where would they find you? Ooh, my Twitter <laughs> I think is either my last name, first name, or first name, last name. <laughs> I think I, I looked remember. it up and it was J uh crap, now I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. This is professional. We're so good at this. It's uh, either Brown or Jalen Brown. I'm looking it up. Um, I feel like it's Brown Jalen. It's Jalen Brown. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds, my friend. <laughs> that just goes to show, you know, my involvement on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really on Twitter <laughs> really at all right now. <laughs> um, really, the only like social media like interactment i have now um besides youtube if you count that um i have another sports podcast which for those who are into sports um it's called afr sports or after further review sports um so that the instagram for that is just at afr sports so if you want to keep up with that there's that but you know for for the very few of you that are into all the nerd stuff and the sports stuff there you go there's some is that a youtube channel too uh, yeah, it's on a, the YouTube channel is called Mel Himes Media, and Himes is H-Y-M-E-S. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, it hosts a, a slew of different podcasts, but um, yeah, we record our sports podcast every Wednesday night at uh, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out, that's where that is at. I will link all that stuff. I'll probably get it from you, Jim. But after this, I'll be like, what was all that stuff you said? Um, but it'll be down in our YouTube uh, description. Uh, but uh, if you guys want, if you're like listening to this, just let me know. And then I can also get that to you other ways as well. Because I think there are a few people who actually do just listen to the show now. Because, Jalen, I've been doing this for years. For some odd reason, I never thought to myself, let's just do an audio version. And we'll just put that out on podcast stuff. You know, why would you do that? That makes too much sense. Um, but I'm finally getting around to it. Old dog learning new tricks and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, if you uh, if anybody is listening to this and they want to support us, the greatest way to do so is just to share us around. That is the best thing you can do. Uh, we also have a Patreon. And if you want to support there after listening for a long time, if you really enjoy this, um, just, yeah, that's a great place to support us. And if you're at $5 and up, you get your name here at the end. If you're just listening to this, you won't see anything because you're listening to this. So um, I don't know what I could do for the audio listeners, but just get real close and do like an ASMR type of thing. Is, that, is this weird? Um, probably weird. That's going to 
That's be strange. Anyway, Jalen, thank you for being on, man. It's just a pleasure to talk to you. I loved working with you in the past and just chatting. And when I was like, you should be on the show. And you're like, we should talk about Joker. Like the first thing I thought was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to watch that stressful film again. <laughs> like I'm going back in, but I'm glad I did. And it was not nearly as long the second time. The first time I watched it, it felt like it was four hours. I was like, oh my God. Like in the movie theater, I was like one of four people in the movie theater. And like, it was like a weekday in the afternoon. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long theater watch for sure oh my gosh yeah it's just like oppressive and you're like it's two hours and two minutes like it's not like a super long it's not like a two and a half or three hour movie but like it's just like oh. okay so uh if any of you haven't watched it yet i would recommend you know setting aside a night watch it maybe with a loved one uh but again not for the kids uh it's very r-rated uh like we said it's not r all the time but the moments that it is it is very much so uh so also like they have swearing in it but it's not constant like some movies like when they get that r rating it's just constantly like driving that home but yeah that's true not so much in this one um but uh jalen again thank you so much for being on man such a pleasure absolutely anytime Uh, thank you for having me on for a second time i'm glad to come back for a third or fourth or fifth as many times as possible this is the best podcast on the planet oh watch jimmy said Spread the word, share it with your coworkers, share it with your coworkers, family, your friends, their friends, your dog, whoever you have around you. Go ahead and share the show. It's pretty easy. You all have a phone. You just go to YouTube, pull it up. Just be like, hey, if you want to watch something tonight, it's Critical Reviews. Check it out. And there's plenty of content. There's an array of content. Oh. And it's something for everybody. So feel free to introduce the show to anybody in your life. Oh my gosh, Jalen, what a that's the best play I've ever gotten. I've been trying to do this for so long and trying to like make it good, but this is I can I just sound bite that and I'll just be like, and a word from Jalen this week at the very end of the show, just you right there at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, channel's been a hodgepodge. Um, but uh I have <laughs> been trying to figure this whole like it's like critical podcast on Spotify, and I'm like, they can't review on Spotify yet. I don't understand. I just hope people are enjoying it somewhere out there in the world. Um but uh, yeah, dude, I was gonna say at least a hat trick. You're gonna be on at least at least one more time, if not many more times. We'll have other things to talk about. <laughs> maybe um, I'm curious to think what it'll be. Oh, man, maybe Batman stuff. I don't know. We don't have to. I don't want to. I don't want to shoehorn you into just Batman or pigeonhole you into Batman stuff because this wasn't really <laughs> Batman. But um, we'll think of something else to have you on for because uh, yeah, you're just a cool guy. I like having you on the show. So uh, again, everybody, please. Yeah, go check out all Jalen's stuff, too, because we've worked together before. I can vouch for the guy, all right? I know a guy who knows a guy. It's Jalen. He knows me. See how that works? Um, Just all round robin. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Bye.